The available AKG 36 speaker sound system in the Cadillac Escalade provides 360 degree sound, not just here or here, but everywhere. The 2021 Cadillac Escalade never stop arriving. The in-dash OLED display in the Cadillac Escalade has 38 total diagonal inches of color display. So why do we give it a curve too? I guess you could say we like to bend the rules. The 2021 Cadillac Escalade never stop arriving. Thanks for listening to Uncle Sam's Soccer Podcast, keeping you up to date with the latest in American soccer. And don't forget to subscribe. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Uncle Sam's Soccer Podcast. I'm Stephen Jodder, and joining me, as always, is Armand Kafai and Jake Wachoba. And on today's episode, we talk about Christian Pulisic and his time at Chelsea. Now, listeners, if you haven't done so, hit that subscribe button, leave us a five-star review, and follow us at Uncle Sam Soccer Pod. Continue sending your feedback, your thoughts. We love it. And listeners, we are recording this Sunday before any of the MLS action. Stay tuned. Later in the week, we will bring you all the latest from Major League Soccer. Jake and Armand and myself will be glued to the TV Sunday night. Screw Cowboys and Saints. Guys, this is the most exciting part of the season. It is, but uh, I can't really agree with you on the screw Cowboys and the Saints kind of thing. I'll just have like three TVs on at once. Oh, Something like go. that. Jake, you were in Vegas. Welcome back. How we doing? Did you get any strange tattoos, marry a stripper, or uh, make a million dollars? No. I didn't do any of those things, um, but thanks. Thanks for asking. I appreciate it. Um, no, I lost some money betting on uh, sports. As a matter of fact, I didn't hit, hit anything. I missed every single bet. Football, baseball, MLS, you name it, didn't go very well for me. So, Oh, there you go. Now, listeners, again, stay tuned. Later in the week, we'll talk Major League Soccer. We also got a, an encounter attack international style coming later in the show, so stay tuned. Now, fellas... Chelsea beat Brighton 2-1 over the weekend, but it marked the fourth time in five matches that Pulisic started the game on the bench. Pulisic did play earlier in the week in a 7-1 thrashing of Grisby Town in the Carabao Cup. Now, guys, here's the important stat. Pulisic hasn't played in four of Chelsea's last five matches. A little bit concerning, to say the least. Everybody on Twitter has a take on this. But he had a very interesting sit-down with NBC Sports Pro Soccer Talk. Pulisic was asked by NBC Sports and uh, Pro Soccer Talk about his current situation at Chelsea. And Pulisic explained, yeah, of course, it is very frustrating. But I will continue to work my hardest because I want to play. And, you know, that's good to hear. You want to hear that from, you know, your 60, 70 million dollar man. But then Pulisic was asked, did he or has he received any feedback or advice from manager Frank Lampard on how to improve his play and get back on the pitch? And Pulisic said, not so much. He just said, keep working, and now I have to prove myself in training and try to get back in the lineup. That's that's terrible. That's, that's Frank Lampard saying, I really don't care, man. 
Like, I could give two poops about this American player at this club. I'm not interested in playing him. He's not my guy. I didn't sign him. I got some British youngsters that are making noise. I'm going to play the Brits. Oh, that's 100% correct, Stephen. That is 100% correct. And I guess you've kind of touched on it here, but I wanted to ask you guys. Listeners, question of the day. At Pod. Stephen just touched on it. Are we concerned about Pulisic's current standing with Chelsea? Let us know. Armand, are you concerned at all? Yeah, I am. Uh, Some of Lampard's comments are, I guess, a little concerning. I remember I was reading. uh, He actually said, they know, Pulisic is a young player, as well as everyone is talking about Mason and Tammy and Fikayo. He's actually as young, if not younger, than some of them. His chances will come. Well, Lampard's right. Pulisic's 21, Mason Mount's 20, Tammy Abraham is 21. The way he talks about Pulisic's a little weird, in my opinion. I'm reading between the lines a little bit, but it's like, oh, he's just this young player. But Mason Mount is not kind of this, I don't know, but Mason Mount's younger than Pulisic. And guys, let's not forget, Mason Mount, if I remember correctly, played for Derby when Lampard was manager. He was on loan. I think that familiarity might play a really big role with with. Lampard and Mount, you know, having this chemistry with each other. And for Pulisic, look, you just got to take advantage of your opportunities because, I mean, that's the only thing you can really tell him. It is a little concerning, though, because you'd expect a team to play a guy who they bought for $70 million, but I guess that's not how it works at Chelsea Football Club. I mean, it is a big club. Chelsea is one of the most successful teams in this century, in the Premier League. I mean, they've won trophies consistently. They've won all the big trophies in Europe, the Champions League, the Europa League. Yet Chelsea is on the downhill spiral. And this is the opportunity for Christian Pulik to shine. And this is what Alexi Lawless had to say last week on, on his show. Here, here's part of it. Pulisic is like a young Luke Skywalker. He is special, but he still has plenty to learn. And it remains to be seen if he will ultimately live up to the promise and potential and hope that his talent has brought with it. Following his $73 million transfer to Chelsea, hopes were high for the 21-year-old in the English Premier League. But so far, Pulisic has yet to nail down a starting spot. Worse, he's not even getting on the field. So, what you hear is the sound of the collective angst of an American soccer fan base that remains desperate for a hero on the men's side. Now, it's still early days, and all players need time to adjust to new surroundings. But what is concerning is that this Chelsea is not an elite super club version of Chelsea. It's a Chelsea being rebuilt. A Chelsea without the veteran stars we've come to expect, and a Chelsea under a new young manager in Frank Lampard, that seems to be reliant on young players. In short, it's exactly the type of team that Christian Pulisic should not only be starting on, but given his Dortmund experience, a team he should be starring on. I still think Pulisic can be successful at Chelsea. Yes, we have high expectations for him. But given his talent, they're not unrealistic expectations. However, we may also have to come to terms with the fact that while Pulisic may go on to be a great American player, like Landon Donovan before him, He may never be the player you want him to be, but that's okay because maybe somebody else will. It's tempting to see Christian Pulisic as our last hope, but like Yoda said, there is another. Maybe we just don't know who that is yet. That was courtesy of Alexi Lalas's State of the Union podcast. Go ahead and check that out. Uh, It's a great listen. Now, guys, I myself, I am concerned 
with Christian Pulisic. Give, give me a percentage. Give me a percentage. What what concern are we at though? It's one thing to say I'm concerned, but is it a hundred percent? Is it fifty percent? About sixty percent. I'm sixty percent concerned. Armand, I don't know what that. What, what number are you at? But sixty percent. Uh, I'm at like thirty or thirty-five right now. Yeah, I, I'm about forty-five. Jake, this is your quote-unquote English team, right? They're sitting mm-hmm. sixth in the league, ten points behind Liverpool. This is not the most talented team, yet Christian Pulisic can't even get on the pitch, even as a sub. It's interesting, isn't it? Because while he might not be Lampard's player, he didn't. He wasn't the one who brought him into the club last year. You can also look at it and say Christian Pulisic has spent time at a massive club like Borussia Dortmund, while Mason Mount who played at Derby County last year, didn't win anything at Derby County last year, is getting run over Christian Pulisic. You can look at it and say, William, who this is probably his last year at Chelsea. He's old. Why is he getting playing time over a young 21-year-old uh, in Christian Pulisic? Callum Hudson-Odoi, very promising player. Bayern Munich showed interest in him last winter. doesn't surprise me that he's held within high regards. At the club. For me, the way I look at it is Chelsea has two players, two English players, Mason Mount and Callum Hudson Adoy. They're both English. There's probably pressure on Frank Lampard to play these English players over the American because we would as English fans, they would rather see the the young English player develop more than the young American. And I, th- I think at the end of the day, that's that's the, the 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 catalyst here. That's what's kind of pushing Lampard. In that direction, I just for the life of me can't understand how Pulisic, who has experience at a massive club, is not getting play over guys like Mason Mount and Hudson Odoi, who just don't have that experience whatsoever. It's really telling to me that Chelsea does not believe that they are playing for anything this year if they're not willing to play their seventy million dollar man. Jake, you know what it feels like? It just seems that Christian Pulisic is somewhat of an outsider at Chelsea Football Club. I, I just get that impression that he has not been able to really get both feet into the door and mingle with the players, mingle with the culture, really get with Frank Lampard and become a good buddy of his. It just feels like Frank Lampard is trying to figure out what to do with Christian Pulisic because he never signed the guy in the first place. It's not his guy. He doesn't know. He didn't understand this. Probably didn't understand the signing to begin with because. Chelsea didn't have a direction. Was sorry, it was one and done, and then they went to Frank Lampard because they had a transfer ban. And what big manager wants to take over a club that can't sign players? So it it was not a good situation to begin with for Christian Pulisic. And listeners, we're not there on a day to day basis, nor do we cover Chelsea Football Club. We cover American soccer. So while Brandon Busby, we've had him on the show before of the London is Blue podcast in the coming weeks to give us more insight into this ordeal with Christian Pulisic. And Steven, one last thing about, about Pulisic. It, I almost wonder if the, 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 the message or what's been portrayed about P- Christian Pulisic being this anointed American savior, if that doesn't rub people within the club the wrong way, that there's this perception that he must be handed everything because he's going to save U.S. soccer. Well, no, no, no. I why would the players... club? Why would the club have problems with that? If anything, should get the Christian Pulisic's head. 
That's the problem. Has Christian Pulisic put on so much weight on his shoulders that he can't think clearly? That he has so much pressure, he makes a bad pass, and he knows that there's a country on the other side of the pond all dependent on that one guy. If anything, that's the problem, as Alalis alluded to. It's it's an, it's an interesting situation, though, because, look, I, I'm thinking about it. Forget the like the American side of him. I'm, I'm going to think about him, you know, from a, like, hey, I'm a, I'm a team bringing in a player that cost me 60 to $70 million or however the amount is, and you're not playing him. That, to me, is a little concerning in terms of, like, overall, if a club was doing this, regardless if they were American, you, you would have questions, okay, like, why aren't they playing their sign that cost them an exuberant amount of money? That makes that makes zero sense, you know? And while it might not be a, a Lampard thing, oh, like, you know, Pulisic, you know, he's not a Lampard guy or whatever. I mean, there has to be at least some question being asked, like, yo, like, I know it's not your guy, but, like, obviously we rate him this way. His market value is this, and you're not playing him. But why it's, does it's Frank Lampard have to play him? He doesn't have to play him. I agree with you on that. but. It's a little, it's a little head scratching. So you're bad. It's a really bad business, or you know, something else that you know you don't play a guy you invested six, seven million dollars into. What if they overrated him, Jake? What if That's they overrated? Business. What if they overrated Christian Pulisic? They might have, and I think it's pretty. I mean, look, Jaden Sancho was getting playing time over Christian Pulisic last year, even when Pulisic was 100 percent healthy. So, I do think it's entirely possible that Chelsea and a lot of the American public have overrated Christian Pulisic in in that regard. Yeah. Listeners, question of the day at Unc Sam Soccer Pod. Are we concerned about Christian Pulisic's current standing with Chelsea Football Club? And, fellas, before we get to the counterattack, Taylor Twelman tweets... This out, quote, not surprising how misinformed and overreactive the opinions are regarding Pulisic at the top 20, 30 clubs in the world. You don't get the benefit of the doubt no matter your salary or transfer fee. But in capital letters, for those saying Pulisic is not good enough for this Chelsea team, dot, 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 stop emoji. And then in a another tweet, quote, I believe this is only going to make Pulisic better as any and all players deal with adversity at all levels how he deals with this will be huge for his growth while it also could be he's quote not a Lampard player very naive you thought it was going to be easy I mean he's right in the sense that salary transfer free does not guarantee you playing time the Lampard player also is part of the deal but guys you do have to question is Christian Pulisic good enough for Chelsea? If he can't scratch this starting team, when everyone said this is great for Christian Pulisic because Chelsea cannot bring in replacements, you have to have some sort of what is going on here. No, I agree, and it's, it is a little it is a little concerning. I think the I think we I think a good spot to wait until is a winter transfer window. I think once it gets to that point, I think we can kind of assess what's going on. We're at a really smaller sample size right now. And once we go, you know, towards, I think, that winter transfer, I think we'll have a much more clear idea of like, okay, hey, look, like he's, is he good enough to break into the squad? Is he not good enough to break into the squad? And we can 
go on from there. But yes, it, Stephen, it is concerning because if he's not breaking into the squad, Chelsea squad, which honestly it's relatively weak, then you honestly have to say he's not good enough for him. But but Armand, we I don't even know if the winter transfer windows is a good place to, to wait and see what happens to him because Chelsea have they they can't bring in reinforcements they're in a band so the not 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 to, not to like uh bring him in or anything but like as in like a matter of games played sure like sure well they size. aren't gonna they aren't gonna I, I don't think they would even consider loaning him out then if it's not working out just because there the, there's no there's no that, well, yeah, there's no reward loss. or anything. That's, yeah, that, that's exactly, that loss yeah. for them, so that it makes no sense. So we potentially we could be if there's no injuries uh, to anybody within the, the squad for Chelsea, we might be looking at a full year of Christian Pulisic just you know riding the bench and playing in the Carabao Cup every so often. Uh, question for you fellas: Twelve seconds to answer. Is Christian Pulisic at this club come next year? I think it's too early to tell, man. Like, I know it's a cliche answer, but I, I think it's way too early to tell. Um, again, I'll, if, you, if you ask me towards the, uh, uh, you know, Christmas, I might give you a better answer. But right now, I can't I can't, I can't really answer that one. <sighs> no. I think he gets loaned out next summer. All right. Well, there you go. Listeners at Unc Sam Soccer Pod. Again, what Brandon Busby of the London is Blue podcast. Join us here in the coming weeks to talk more about it this very ordeal now let's get to the counterattack. fast paced shifty movement brilliant skill Goal! it's the counterattack with jake Watrova. all right boys it's counterattack time here on uncle sam soccer podcast it's going to be an international edition of the counterattack and let's talk about an ongoing conversation we've had here at the show steven and armand we'll start with steven i want you to rank your top three leagues in europe to watch yes a continual conversation of what people watch out there nothing is better than the premier league i have to say syria is the second best product out there right now and then uh the swiss league i've been tuning in and out of the swiss league I enjoy it. Yeah, hate me for it. For me, when I look at the top three leagues to watch, I, I kind of have to add in the factor of how easy is it for me to put on a game? How easy is it for me to turn on one of these matches? And, uh, you know, like you can say La Liga is a, a, a nice league to watch, but can you really watch it on BN? I, I don't have BN. Uh, I've tried to find BN. Uh, I could even like find a stream. So good on them for like blocking streams. Uh, you know, I, I couldn't watch Atletico Madrid and Real Madrid. So, I mean, for me, it's the Prem. I can wake up every morning and watch it. It's great. The colors are beautiful. They're vibrant. You want to watch a game in the Premier League. The environment, I think the Premier does a great job of showing off a spectacle. As the Bundesliga, uh, I love watching the crowds and how they, and you know, the reaction and stuff like that. It's nice in the soccer. There's a little, you know, some of the teams are too close in terms of uh, how good they are. But, I mean, overall, it's entertaining. And Syria, I can, I can just load up on ESPN Plus and watch it. And when the stadiums aren't half empty, they're pretty fun. Well, boys, for me, it starts with the Premier League. Like you said, Armand, it's the the pageantry, the atmosphere, everything about it. it NBC it, it, just it, does an excellent job putting it together. They do. 
they do an excellent job. Now, for my second league, I'm going to go a little bit off the beaten path here. All right. Uh, I'm actually going to say the championship, the English championship. I really enjoy watching it for some stupid reason. I don't know why. But ESPN it's like it's, Plus, game it's my go to. It's my go to for ESPN Plus sometimes in the morning when I just want to uh, put on a, a second game when I have the Premier League going. And for my third, and I don't even watch it at this point. We're we're at, we're scraping the barrel for my interest in European leagues. It's really just the Premier League and a little bit of the Championship here and there. But I guess the Bundesliga. You have the the Americans playing over there: Josh Sargent, Weston McKinney, Tyler Adams, cast of thousands. Gio Reyna soon, soon to come at Borussia Dortmund. Those would be my top three leagues in Europe. But let's move on. Let's keep it in England, and let's talk Liverpool, as they are still perfect, 7-0-0, scoring 18 goals and only allowing five. Are they the team to beat, or is it still City, despite them trailing the Reds by five points, Armand? I don't know if you watched the City-Everton game, but City was a little shaky uh, in that match, and they have a center-back crisis right now with... I think Stones and Laporte out, and I think Fernandinho is the center back right now. Uh, not a great spot to be in. I think Liverpool is on fire. Jurgen Klopp has them running on all centers. They struggle a little bit too against Sheffield United, but I think they're they're you know a well oiled machine at this point. I think they're in the driver's seat to win a title. Yeah, I mean Liverpool is in the driver's seat, but you can't count out City. What they did last year was unbelievable and. For God's sake, what stops them from redoing that? I'm counting them out. I'm counting them out. Hand the, hand the trophy to Liverpool already. That Norwich City loss will be the reason why City does not win the league again this season. I think the league is Liverpool's to lose at this point. Jeez. That's a really hot one right there, man. Vegas changed you. Vegas, Vegas changed me. That's right. All right. Let's move on. Let's go to France. We have a two-part question here. Let's start with part one. Neymar, this is a really, by the way, this quote I'm about to read you guys is, it's, it's a, for me, it's a little out there, but you let me know. It, it is out there, man. <laughs> this is, it is out there. This is just pure gold, though. This is great talk radio stuff right here. It's a Neymar. journalist's dream. Yes. Journalist's dream. So Neymar has compared his relationship with PSG supporters to a romantic one and said he would give his life on the pitch for the French champions. Neymar is quoted as saying, it is like being in a relationship with a girlfriend. When things are not going well with her, you go without speaking. However, through love, affection, and cuddling, things go back to normal. Oh God. I am here to help PSG to fulfill my role as a player for this club. I will give my life on the pitch to help PSG succeed and for us to be able to celebrate together. Is, like, nutmegging the the cuddling going on? And scoring is the affection, and the love is... It's, it's no, very he, apparent. He no, I he literally know. means love, affection, and cuddling with a jersey from PSG. Just a it's, nice little, you know, cuddle. To me, it's very apparent that when Neymar has problems in his uh, with his relationships, he does not know how to talk them out. It's pretty clear what he... <laughs> what he's trying to do to <laughs> mend the issues here. But this is a, a PG uh, podcast, so we will keep it as such. So, I guess, Stephen, does Neymar have a point, or is that a good comparison? What, you know, what it's I, an excellent there. comparison, because everyone can manage to relate to this. 
Somehow you are able to relate to what Neymar is saying. Now, his relationship with the club? Okay. Strange one. But you understand what Neymar is saying because everyone goes through relationships. I, I don't know about you, Chief, but with all the Barcelona rumors that, that were going on, it feels like, you know, he tried to, like, leave uh, the, the relationship he's in for another, another woman that was uh, much more attractive. <laughs> That's much more attractive. But he either got a case of, like, you know, he got catfished or something like that. And <laughs> what ended up happening is he was like, oh, this, oh, wow. Or like, maybe she curved him. And he's like, oh, I guess I'll go back to my old babe. How would you feel about being a second choice? I wouldn't like that. I wouldn't like that either. Like, come on. Like, it's a terrible comparison, Neymar. Just, just, no, like, no, you don't have, it's not issues. You try to leave her. You try to leave her. It's not like an issue. You, you, you try to leave. And, you know, love, affection, cuddling, that doesn't help. <laughs> also, it just shows Neymar is terrible with relationships. I think this is a, that's a pretty key thing right there. But no, terrible, terrible Jake, comparison. Do you like Come it? Come on, Neymar. Do you like it? Building off of what Armand said, it's almost, it, it, Neymar got caught in some girl's DMs. PSG found out. <laughs> they didn't like it. Uh, and now he's, he's now he's on the... Uh, no, he's just on the the forgiveness tour. He's talking about how oh, I'm gonna cuddle you and give you some effect. No, like this. For, I, first of all, I don't know how that how you are comparing your girlfriend or a romantic relationship with the fans of PSG. Just weird. This quote does nothing for me. I this, I don't. It's a great quote. It's we weird. need more of this. We need an American soccer player to say some outrageous, landish things like this. It'd be talked about. It'd be good press. There's no such thing as bad press. Well, this leads me to part two of this discussion. Who is the biggest diva in football right now, Stephen? Oh, it's Neymar. 100% Neymar. You couldn't find a bigger diva than Neymar. And by the way, Neymar, you better get your act together because you might go down as a pretty big failure in Brazilian football if you don't act up and start winning some trophies and carry that national team like you were destined to do so. Uh, for me, it's Serginio Dest. Pick a side, man. I'm tired of this. I'm tired of my Twitter <laughs> blowing up. Please, just pick. I don't care if it's a Dutch anymore. Please. I'm just tired of my Twitter getting these updates. Oh, he talked to Ronald Koeman. I don't know what's going to happen. Pick, please. I mean, come to the U.S. But Bro, you, you Dutch, can't tell me he's a bigger diva than Neymar with I mean, Barcelona, Real Madrid. Oh, let me slide into oh, your Mickey DMs. Mouse is back. Mickey yep. Mouse is back. Mickey Mouse is back. But no, Neymar... But, Flirting with Barcelona. Yeah. Come on. So wait, so wait. Let me change up my diva then. The biggest diva in football right now is American soccer Twitter. <laughs> Has to be, right? Because like oh, all they do is they lurch on. They, they, oh, Some 18-year-old performs well in the third division of Sweden and everyone's calling him the GOAT. That's U.S. soccer Twitter for you. Jake, biggest diva in soccer. Who do you got? It's it's Neymar. I mean, there's that's the only right answer to this. I, Armand's trying to be funny and try to. Hey, you laughed. I I did laugh, but to uh, on uh, to. The, the, it's hey. Neymar. It's Neymar. He's the only no, diva the I can think of. Maybe Twitter. maybe American Cristiano soccer. Ronaldo. Maybe Cristiano Ronaldo. Maybe, but I don't think he's a diva either. It's it's Neymar. It's it's Neymar. It's the way he goes about himself on the field, off the field, everything about what, what him. What about Pro Rel for USA? Well, that's a different discussion for another day. Let's move it on. 
Let's talk about the 2019 FIFA Men's and Women's Players of the Year as they were announced last Monday evening. Lionel Messi edged competition. Cristiano Ronaldo and Liverpool's Virgil van Dijk to take the men's award. And fellas, did they get it right? No, it should have been van Dijk. Plain and simple. He carried Liverpool. He was unbelievable with Liverpool. Give it to a defender. If this just continues the goals and assists, that's what carries you to these wards. Stupid. Why even have it? No, we stand Lionel Messi. He deserved it. Yeah, I'm going to go Lionel Messi. I get the whole, what, what did he win? He didn't win the, the the Champions League. He didn't win the World Cup. He didn't win this. He didn't win that. Yeah, yeah. What? He, come on. He's the best player in the world. Let's be honest, you guys. Wrong. Anyway. He was the best player. Hey, no year. controversy with Megan Rapino winning the award. Well, I just wanted to say that. There's no controversy there. I'm on the women's side like there is with the men's side. None. None whatsoever. Now let's make let's start some controversy here, guys. Last one up for debate here. And listeners, make sure you chime in on this one. But if you were to break down the three best players from North America, who would they be? Arman? So uh, first off, to give some context, uh, my original list was more based on talent, but Jake hit me with the change up, and I changed my list because Jake opened my eyes to something new. So shout out Jake. Hey, thank uh, you. Yes, shout out to Jake too. I shout thank out to you. Jake I, both of you guys are going to steal my touchdown call before I can actually present it, so that's fine. But whatever, I'm 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 about the team here, not about the individual. So, so we're going to do the best three players, you know, including form. So number one, Carlos Vela. Come on, crack. I agree. I agree. On, Carlos Vela is also. We're going to do the side by side, Armand. He's fantastic, and he's. I think he's better than Chucky right now. Just right now, obviously, Chucky has more potential, but I think he's personally better. Jake, what about you? Vela's in better form. Vela's the. I think Vela is the currently the best player from Mexico playing in the world today. Wait, what, the, why do you have Chucky above him on the list? Ah! This this isn't this isn't a, an actual ranking. These are just in no no order. This is no, just, they're notes. Just they're notes. They're just yeah. there's notes. It's fine. Oh, Don't okay, worry. Okay. We, we we should have clarified. This is not a ranking of one two three, but it makes it sound like Armand was going one two three. No particular order. No particular order. Okay. What Carlos Armand's Bella. going in order? We all have Carlos Vela on the list. Next. Uh, I have Jonathan David, the Canadian. He has. A grand total of six goals uh, in eight league matches in the Belgian league. He has two goals in qualifying, two goals in the Europa League. I'm impressed by what he is. And the USA could have had a chance to have him as a for- as a forward. I enjoy watching him play. It's a little bit of a changeup. Plays for Ghent, uh, but you know I think he's been really impressive in his form. And not a lot of people have been talking about him, but I promise you, if he was American, my favorite divas American soccer Twitter would have gone crazy about him. So Alfonso you, Davies, uh, I think Jonathan David. Afonso Davies is also on my list. He's been performing decently with Bayern Munich. He's at a big club. He seems he, he seems to be integrated with the club. A lot of potential there too, but he's pretty damn good and he's fun to watch. For me, we're going Chucky. Chucky Lozano. Every time I've watched this guy play for Mexico, I'm going to admit I haven't watched much Serie A, but every time I've watched this kid play for L3, I have been uh, impressed. I have thought he's been the best player on the pitch for Mexico, for the U.S. When at any time Mexico's played, uh, you know, the, the U.S., I've always just thought, God, this kid is good. This kid is much better than 
Christian Pulisic, and there is not as much hype behind him as there is Christian Pulisic. For me, Chucky Lozano deserves to be on this list. I have Chucky on my list as well, Jake. But I have him, uh, you know, towards the end of my list. Uh, he's kind of still acclimating to Napoli, but he's an impressive player, brilliant player. Uh, I enjoy watching him play. And when I think he gets, you know, fully integrated into Ancelotti's system, I think he'll be a much better player and probably higher up this list. Jake, you and I have the same third player here, Raul Jimenez. Give me your reason why, because we're probably going to agree here. I mean, he's he's just one of the best. He's just one of the better goal scorers in the Premier League. I mean, that's point. I mean, you're doing at that level. He has to be one of the best players out of the region. Yep. Right. Yep. Absolutely. And listeners, no American on the list. So send in your hate at Armakfi at Jake Watrova at Steven Jodrant. There you go. The counterattack. A little long on in time. Listeners, hit that subscribe button at Unc Sam Soccer Pod. Leave us a five star review. Send in your thoughts. Question of the day, Jake. Remind me of what the question of the day was again. For the listeners, listeners, question of the day: Are we concerned about Christian Pulisic's current standing with Chelsea? Let us know on Twitter at Unc Sam Soccer Pod. Be on the lookout later this week. We will recap this Sunday's action in MLS. We'll give you updates on the playoff picture, what's happening, what we think, who's in, who's out, that whole that whole thing so be on the lookout for that that's probably coming midweek for you you can follow the show on twitter at unc sam soccer pod you can follow steven jodoran at steven jodoran and you can follow armand kafai at armand kafai and you can follow myself at jake Petroba. for steven and armand i'm jake we'll talk to you guys later The in-dash OLED display in the Cadillac Escalade has 38 total diagonal inches of color display. So why do we give it a curve too? I guess you could say we like to bend the rules. The 2021 Cadillac Escalade. Never stop arriving. Regina King for Cadillac Escalade. Let's say you make it to the top. What's next? Relish in the glory of your accomplishments? Okay, sure, for a minute. But then you move forward. Take the 2021 Escalade. Cadillac's newest arrival is more than just a celebration of iconic luxury. It's the most technologically advanced Escalade ever. Because arriving is just the beginning. The 2021 Cadillac Escalade. Never stop arriving.